Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rap music plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. What is up, family? Today, I'm joined by a very prolific artist with a catalog that includes an album full of Tom Waits reinterpretations, a collab album with Curly Castro as Shrapnel, and his latest, hey, there it is, and his latest true, truly incredible body of work, Load Bearing Crow's Feet. The latest artist to join and add to the recent Backwood Studios and Wrecking Crew invasion of guests that we've had on the show recently. So I'm joined with Brem Rock. The dissonance is limitless, sink full of dishes, but the ink on the thing piece finished, fail the limitless, test militia in the kitchen, and we're cooking up the red brick. I'm sitting on the pavement, message from my government. How are you doing, man? Good, good. Thank you. That's a, that's a, it's a great introduction. I'm not sure I deserve all those superlatives. No, you do. You I'll do, to, man. I'll try to hold up my end of the bargain. You've I'm been a, making a huge imprint on my life musically, and I feel like a lot of others. Like this last album, I think, has really like done some good shit for you. I feel like it's introduced you to a lot of new fans, and just generally, it's a great body work, which we'll get into for sure. Um, but one thing I want to start with is in support of your fellow shrapnel brother, Castro, who's gone through some medical issues right now, you and a bunch of other like wrecking crew people put like merch and special things to, to help kind of like fundraise in a way for just kind of supporting him. And you put this Kurt Vonnegut themed tea up for sale. I legit had it in my checkout and uh-huh. I was like, just like doing the shipping. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to do this. And it fucking sold out at least the size I wanted. Um, oh, you wanted medium? Yeah, I only have one medium. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not an XL that. guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. I, I, medium was. Uh, sorry, sorry about that. No, that's no, all good. It's all good. I'm glad it just the, went to someone. The guy who bought it is the guy who designed it, and <laughs> he already has one, but he wanted to show love to Castro. And um, yeah, that's because I, I was filling out the info, and I'm like, what? And then so yeah, so I mean, so it did go. It went to the actual creator. Yeah, I mean that's good. That's good for I sure. I think he wanted another one for for maybe his, his son or something. Um, no, I appreciate that support. Um, yeah, I just uh, was with Green yesterday, man, uh, for the first time, and I I picked up the the home studio that we were able to fund. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, Castor is going to be sitting pretty, man. Once he gets once we get, I'm looking at it right now, but it's like, uh, you know, Green is obviously our uh our guy for sonics and all mm-hmm. that information you know and he he really he really helped us out he 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 got some you know he used his clout to get some discounts he picked out everything nice he's like, he's like yeah he's like i'll keep it like under a budget we raise that money quick um you know obviously the the merch bundle thing was cool but just just straight up generosity from from artists and fans and followers mm-hmm. it was I know I can speak on his behalf that he was kind of blown away by it. 
So that's amazing. I mean, it's easy to 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 garner up donations. Obviously, people are nice, but when the music and the content that you were putting out, it's just valuable. Generally, people are happy to to support something like yeah, that. Yeah, and 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 Zilla kind of touched on it when he was like, Castro's dedicated his life to to this. You know what I mean? Like he, this isn't like he's not a hobbyist. Like this is, you know, in the '90s he'd have a record deal and mm-hmm. be a full-time rapper you know nowadays you can't really do that you got to have some other hustle going on or you're you know you know a very few select yeah. few who, who grind their who are working way more than 40 hours to to be a full-time artist but um you know he's dedicated his life to, to podcasting and, and rapping and and the culture so it's like when he needs something back i mean it's it's you're not asking for a handout you're like you, you, you you've earned that yeah, yeah you've earned it you've earned it yeah yeah and and that tea got me thinking about because obviously it's Kurt Vonnegut themed, like about your influences generally. Yeah. And I know you have a very particular style of rhyming, and just like you can hear a lot of different. Like I would actually say it's not very clear to see your influences, but you can just tell it's a very refined style. So I'm just curious, like what were some of your key influences, maybe music or maybe even outside, like other art forms that uh, impact your your music now? Um. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, Vonnegut's definitely one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I like, uh, and I, I hear one of the things that attracted me to Woods's style when I first heard him was was he kind of he kind of interprets uh, you know pain through humor the same way that Vonnegut did, um, mm-hmm. and that was interesting. And he has a, he has a song you know about Vonnegut too. So so there's a nice intersection. Vonnegut and Woods are, are clearly I don't know if it's clear but they're two, two of my big influences. Um, mm-hmm. Like Ghostface, Tom Waits uh, are like two of my other, like I would say like spirit animals in a way. Like uh, the way that, the biggest thing I took away from Tom Waits was like the ability to access um, exp- your own personal experience without having to currently be living that experience, right? So it's like, we've all had a relationship that didn't work out. Right. So can yeah. you access the pain and kind of the, the hopelessness, the disappointment, whatever it may have been, the regret, the longing, all of that with currently while not actually going through that. I mean, that's the benefit of experience. So if you can access that as a writer, you know, it kind of makes you a little bit unstoppable in terms of where you can go with topics. And I, uh, I, I don't know, like weights never really said that, but like, that's just mm-hmm. kind of what I picked up on, on when I, when I started to listen to it. So the dude's been happily married for like 40 years. Right. But like, he'll write a whole album of like, yeah, down and out heartbreak. And you're <laughs> Crazy like, oh, man, yeah. is he all right? And it's like, yeah. he's, he's chilling. He's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's got his own ranch. Uh, it's not about that. It's about him being able to access it and being such a refined writer and, and, you know, combined with with the world weary kind of experience he went through, um, and then Ghostface is emotion. Ghostface is raw emotion. He's raw energy, and a great storyteller. And um, and I would say those are those th- those four people I mentioned are, are definitely amongst. And Doom, I think that's mm-hmm. obvious. Yeah, I mean, you can pick pick. I, I, you know, kind of pay homage to him every 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 single chance I get. Um, a one-of-a-kind artist you're you're part about uh um accessing life experiences that you're not usually um 
I mean, they're not actually potentially even in anymore. I feel like that's really interesting because I find like, especially in hip hop, like authenticity is something that's obviously very much like a paramount thing that people usually go for. Some people, yeah. people have problems where they're like, oh, they're not really living whatever they're talking about. But um, I find that interesting with that weights and also Ghostface, not in the same way, but with Ghost, I'm thinking of like Supreme Clientele, just like had the anniversary of yeah. that obviously amazing classic record. And one of the things that, I mean, people obviously love the record. I'm not saying they don't, but some critique, if there is one, it's like, what is he really talking about? These are just words. Like, and yeah. I think there's a famous quote of Ghost, which is just like, would you say that about, like, I'm, I'm not even trying to quote it. I don't know what he was saying, but like, know, it's I just know, basically like, it's like, would you say this about like a painting? Like, you don't know what it means. It's just the whole point is like what I said, these words, they sound great. They, they do mean something, but it doesn't need to have some like big ass, like conceptual theme. It's just sounds amazing. And that's an art in itself. And yeah. I find that really cool to think about with hip hop, because I feel like sometimes we get more than any other genre. There's such a kind of like a bias to be like, if you aren't like in that heartbreak right now, okay, that's fake. It's like, why it's, it's art and it's still yeah. real. You can connect to it because these are real things, real emotions. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. And, and yeah, the authenticity factor um, is definitely true. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, to Supreme clientele, like um, it does mean it may mean different things. That, you know, the words may mean different things at different times. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, multi interpret, you know, there's, there's layers to the interpretation, which is something I connected with at a really young age, you know, and it was kind of fun to just like, trying to decode it and realize it's kind of hopeless you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah exactly yeah. that's the thing and that's what makes it so fun um and then if we go to your kind of like style of lyricism like what i what i'm so impressed by is that it's just the way you formulate your bars i find it's very unique it's like almost like cunning and uh like as a listener at least it feels like at least like how I think it's like, you must be writing and then like rewriting everything like 10 times over before you even lay the vocal down to where like, it sounds a bit abstract, but not like incredibly like wild. But what I find is special is the way you frame things. Like I find you frame things and like your lyrical lens is focusing on a different part of a story or a different angle that a lot of people wouldn't take. It just feels very atypical. Like you could be telling a story that someone else could say, but you're covering it from like a different character or a different vantage point. And it's just like odd, but like very interesting. So like, could you walk us through your typical writing process and like how you get inspired to write about the things you write about? Um, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, so I, I recently gone back to paper, which I, 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 I typically have everything in like either on my phone or on my Google docs. Mm-hmm. just because it's e- it's just so much easier to edit and um <clears throat> i do edit a lot i mean typically I'll, I'll i'll look for beats right sometimes i get sent a lot that i'm not really messing with um you know and i, I don't really know where i'm going and some you know, sometimes i'll write to a beat that ends up being a different song you know what i mean like that that definitely happened on low baron crow's beat where I, I wrote that to a whole different beat and then i'm like oh it, these bars can be transferred they're, they're not always dictated by what the beat is right hmm. that's how that's how you kick start it for sure that's how you get it going but um and then i yeah I, i'll do like a burst first draft is always like stream of conscious and then i go back to it and see what um what theme i want to 
I want to make a theme, you know, at the end, I don't, I don't want it to be like meandering, although it may appear that way. Sometimes there is a theme and all of it is kind of interconnected. And usually I'll, I'll, I will probably do two or three edits. Right. And then when I record, it's not always what I wrote down. Um, I've always been a, like really big freestyler. Me and Castro, that's one of the reasons that's how we met pretty much. Um, and freestyling, you know, gives way to like, uh, you know, Im, Im, you know, improv, all that. And, and a lot of times I used to not, when I, when I was recording with Green a lot, back when Green had a studio in his kitchen, I wouldn't always, I would almost never write my last bar. And I would write it there. Like the and last bar of the verse, you just leave that. Last leave bar that. Of the, verse, the okay. end piece, the closer, I would come up with there at, at a spot. Interesting. Um, my, that kind of changed over the years, like, no, nah, I'll definitely have my, my end ready. And, um, when I go into the studio, but, um, yeah, I think the process is like, I, I wish I was more of a pen and pad guy again. That's why I'm trying to get back into it. Cause it just feels a little more like analog and natural and, 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 and the essence, you know, but mm -hmm. if I'm on the train, I write, I write a lot of couplets when I'm on the train or if I'm at work and I'm like talking to somebody and then I turn around and I'm like, Oh, I gotta write this down. And it's just like a, you know, a bar or two. And then I kind of put them together and see if I can put them into a unifying theme of, of that becomes a song. And um, I would say that's, you know, kind of it right there. And why do you, why do you think like you gravitate to or prefer to make music that definitely needs to be, or at least to be my opinion, truly appreciated, unpacked a bit, listened to a bit deeper, a bit more like consciously, versus making something a bit more accessible, which there's obviously like value in both approaches, but why do you feel like that's the kind of style you like to make? Um, I've always been a digger. I've always been someone who like wants to look for things that aren't quite there, right? Um, I think that not growing up in a, in a city uh, kind of, fostered that because it was a little harder to access things so i had to dig for my for my my bits of, of hip-hop and, and and whatever you know that i couldn't find at first so that goes to like making beats looking mm -hmm. for sounds right excavating mm -hmm. meaning out of phrases songs whatever it might be like i'm a big fan of like easter eggs like if you find that yeah in a movie or, or a show you know and then and then you you kind of share like because i grew up pre-internet so like you you're like did you know that if you watch this thing you could see it here right now all you gotta go to is go to youtube right mm -hmm. but back when i was younger like you know you'd, you'd have to watch the vhs and be like oh you see that like that yeah whatever um or there's a secret song on the aesop rock uh, ep if you play it for like 30 40 like you know what i mean like stuff like that i was always a big fan of that so when it came time to like kind of really refine my work uh, and music, I was like, I want to put these like, I want to, I want to reward the person who listens. You know, I want, I want to give the, I want to respect the listener. I want to give them a lot of credit. Uh, I don't when when I hear like people do like a one shot review of my stuff, I get it. I'm not like I totally get it. I don't get offended. Mm -hmm. And if you miss the point, it's fine. I'm not like some highbrow like uh you know a hyper intellectual uh you know person here i'm just like this is just how i write and this is yeah. just how i wanted to get that thing across and there are stuff you could take away with the first listen and you never touch it again that's totally fine but i want people to hear listen to it 10 times like that's what i like truly want you know and yeah. i recognize that that that's not even how i consume music 
sometimes, you know, and I used to, I used to, you know, with a lot more free time, I would love to unpack things. Mm -hmm. and I would love to sit down and listen to a record 10 times, but I don't even necessarily do that as much anymore. So I don't, I don't get offended if, if people don't take the time, but it's, it's, it's just a, it's an homage to like everything that I was interested in my whole life is not, it's not at the surface, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, do you think at some point, or was there a particular point in your life, your career where you felt like not only were you just enjoying the rapping thing, you were pretty good at it, but that you're like, Oh, I really see a future. I really see like a career. Was there like a particular turning point for you where you're like, I need to take this more seriously. There's something here. Um, so when I met Willie green, that was like 2008 or nine. Um, I was at an open mic. It was called bonfire. It was a Bowery poetry club. It was, um, it was, a, it was a tremendous, I, I really wish it was still, you know, in existence, but these things don't last, you know? Um, and it was like a community, right? Where everyone would kind of like work on their thing for a week and then they would come and then I sign up, random draw, you came up and you did your thing. Um, I met Green that night uh, through Warren Britt, super dope guy, Miss Warren, haven't seen him in a while. Um, and he was like a real deal engineer that I was like, oh shit, like I need to make, I need to make a work. Like I need to like put together all these ideas I've had and make it cohesive and make a record, you know? And that was mm -hmm. like, um, like right around, I was 24 and I put it out on my 25th birthday. Then I was like, I gotta, um, I got to, I got to travel. I got to see what I can do with this. I remember I was on the phone with my sister at one point and she was in like uh, Taiwan or Croatia or something like mm. doing art and teaching. She, she's a super dope artist. And she's like, you, you need to travel. Like that's like that. It's, it's going to change you and you need, you need to, you know, see what you can find in the world or whatever. So then I realized that like, if I, Put together this record release it then then i have something to to present to people be like you know I'm, I'm a legit artist you know and at first it was like i wanted to see the world i wanted to perform for, for different people um and that was kind of the motivation in, in the very beginning and then it was like i want to be prolific i want to catalog i want um I, you know i don't i don't i don't like I don't know. I don't obsess over like being somebody's top five or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I don't really even keep a top five or anything like that. So it's like, that's not a big thing because it's, it just feels impossible to me. But like, I want the body of work to be like, uh, like something that you find in one day and you're like, holy shit, you know, if you never heard of me and then you go back. So it began then it began right around that time. And then I started taking recording more seriously. And then I don't think I really even hit my stride for another like five years or so. And it was at that time in like five years where you thought like, okay, I've grown to a point as an artist where like, I, I feel like I can get, so my, like, I, I'm curious. Cause like where you are right now is clearly where you, it's clearly not where you were like back then 10, 10 yeah. plus years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Did you always have this firm belief that you could get to a level like you are now where like, obviously not only you have a lot of devoted fans, but you have like talented peers that you would see as some of the best ever routinely yeah. working with you and saying like you were incredible artist yourself like did you see um, that coming i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i saw it coming i i would say when i was really young 
I thought I got kind of had delusions of like grandeur, mm. perhaps, you know, like where I, I'm like, oh, I could, I could do this. But then you just like life just really humbles you. So I don't know that I ever thought it would be like this. I, I knew I had the potential to be in these conversations, right? I knew that, but I didn't know, do I, will, will life line up the way that it's supposed to for that to happen, right? Well, it, 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 it's just, it's a gamble, you know, it's such a crapshoot. But um, I would say that the answer to that, sorry, not to cop out a little bit, but like, yes and no. <laughs> like, mm. uh, uh, I knew that, I knew I couldn't stop, right? I had a friend uh, from Azerbaijan, Azerian guy, Rue, shouts to Rue, who was, I was, he was like an exchange student uh, in my high school. And I was like mm. a senior. He was like much younger than me. And we had the same like journalism class or something. I used to come in stone all the time. I was so like over, you know, I was like an elective class. Yeah. You know? And me and my best friend were in there. So we would always like, we'd always talk to Rue. We'd get like, we'd come in really high late. We'd be like, Rue liked hip hop. So we would, you know, did you hear this? Did you hear that? And um, I remember he like reconnected with me years and years later because he came to New York and we were like drinking on a roof one night. And he was just like, yo, if you never stop, like you're gonna make you're gonna make it to to that conversation of like great artists like he's like you just can't stop and he's like and i, I if i could bet on you i'm like i'm betting on you now like you could do this and i remember that conversation even if he doesn't but it uh it kind of solidified that like you just that's the number one thing you can't you can't stop pushing mm -hmm. yourself you can't stop creating and and pushing yourself i think is the key uh don't make the same song twice you know don't don't um you look at something that worked don't try to recreate that M make something different and that's why artists like arm and hammer and like people like pink sifu are blowing up yeah in worlds because they're they're reinventing like haram didn't sound anything like shrines and whatever they do next is going to sound nothing like haram and that's like well, they could easily make paraffin over and over and over again yeah and sell mad records you know what i mean and but they don't they dare to be great and to dare to be great is to to, to, to push yourself and and create uh put yourself in uncomfortable situations artistically you don't have to do that actually you know you don't have to like be a tortured artist or whatever but like you know and and that uh that to me is i'm glad i still have that that drive the drive is as strong as it's ever been for me and because of because of these these rewards that are coming because yeah of yeah now you're getting like reaping the, the fruit yeah, yeah i mean and and it means so fucking much man to to, to hear like people like a logic or evidence like fucking with my shit man i mean like that's just like i mean 15 year old me is like doing backflips you know what i'm saying like it, it'll never be lost on me it'll never be lost on me so yeah man i don't know if that answers the question no i did that did uh yeah you're, yeah like people like saifu too and, and arm and hammer they yeah, they definitely reinvent the the wheel or try to at least push themselves. But they also like are two great or three great, I guess, examples of artists that have been doing things for so long. And I feel like yeah. their last year has been their best. Like Saifu has been doing stuff forever. And now now he's like, yeah, now he's really hitting a new level of acclaim and, and popularity. Yeah. And he's only getting started. Like that's that, that's yeah, kind of yeah. what the it's very inspiring. I feel like a lot of like like you think of like obviously other people like rock marciano like there's so many artists that are, are blowing up a lot later in life 
which yeah. just kind of gives people hope. Like just keep matriculating, keep pushing, keep pushing. And you may. And that's the key. Every artist you're mentioning is, is, is old, is an older artist, you know, in terms yeah. of. Yeah. And then, of- and none of them really have like some big viral moment. It's just like a ma- uh. accumulation of their catalog getting better and better. Yeah. With time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I know that Woods and Elucid are going to con- continue. I mean, pushing the envelopes i mean i don't know i don't know um is it sifu or saifu that's a good great question i've heard I mean, both I, I've, I heard sifu um but i like uh, saifu but i i don't remember i need to hear something he doesn't say his name often i don't know what it nah, is. Nah, which is which is it could, i think it is sifu like i've heard enough, you're like the second person i would say yeah, it probably yeah so is. anyway sifu like someone like him like that that uh uh i i i like I just, you know, I, I admire bravery, man, in, in, in all mm-hmm. its forms, you know? So I think that, you know, just uh, just keeping them guessing is dope. I don't I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Arm and Hammer, obviously, I'm close to them. I see that. Um, I saw the progress. I saw the growth. And I know that these dudes take it very, very seriously in terms of, like, what what they're gonna do next is not what yeah. When I loop around the sun, yeah, you got a guy, but really hope you got a gun. Spotlight upon the floor, now learning on the fly. Barely caught him on the jaw. Invest in it now, you know the business going off. Rocket from the crypto, currency marketing all. Marketing plan, telemarketing scam gone wrong. Say what you say, would you place it on your honor? Within the die behind them bars like Dama. Um. And so I want to get into shrapnel now. So you and you and Castro linking up to create an album like on paper, two heavyweights, strong rapping abilities with a lucid, mainly doing the beats, Willie Green as well. Like that's on paper. That should be great. But I find a lot of times with rap, it's with the collaborations, very similar to sports, honestly. Yeah, it's just a, there's a secret sauce of chemistry that can make or break it. And we've seen it so many times in hip hop. We don't need to even get into it that there's just these collaborations should work and they just, yeah, they're okay. Just seems like they didn't love, love working with each other or something. Oh yeah. But I think with Trapnel, it definitely, you felt the chemistry. So, uh, and I asked a similar question to Castro when I interviewed him last year, but in your eyes, like what, what makes your dynamic with Castro so special? Because you guys are definitely very different artists in a lot of ways. And just from an aesthetic standpoint, there's a clear contrast. Yeah. Um, I think that's what works well. I mean, obviously we're close, obviously we're friends outside of music, um, but that doesn't necessarily make great music. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I have plenty of good friends in music and we don't don't even work, you know, we don't even work together. Uh, and that's just like the way it is. But with him, um, like you said, we're foils for each other in a way that's like, he he does he does things and says things and makes things that I could, I could never. And and I I think I do the same. So um mutual respect um obviously that's the baseline do i do you respect what i do as an artist do you respect me as a person all right then we can go from there um now are you you know do you want to create something wholly new now everybody isn't going to be on the same page in terms of scheduling uh sometimes you'll be like why didn't we do this like you know yeah right and it just it didn't line up man i mean like like same for you can say that for any producer uh rapper combo when they made one song and you're like why didn't they make more well it's just like who knows there's a tour there was a maybe someone's child was born who knows yeah but with me and him it lined up we had the time um and we knew we were on to something after we did you know a song and 
or two and we're like this is you know we're tapping into something different here and i remember kills being like uh, he's like there's this there's this middle finger about shrapnel like when i play it that mm. it's just like it's like kind of like you guys are just going to do what the fuck you want and i think that's what we you know we did and we you know there was a, the mutual respect the pushing each other to be better um you know like i said before caster is, is a very natural rapper um you know he's like ken griffey swinging a bat you know what i mean like the, the shit is poetry it's like it just makes fucking sense he could say shit i don't even know what the fuck he's talking about I'm like that's flat <laughs> like mm. and and the energy uh you know the energy of, of the two of us uh i think complements each other whereas you could see it being like how how is this working again and then you you know you put it together and i think um, i think you got to have the, the the desire to make something greater than you, you, yourself and we both had that we have to, I, how am i going to make something greater than what i can do by teaming up with you and yeah one foot in one foot out you can always hear it you can always hear it yeah you can it's always like, hear even when like one one of the or like one of the parties clearly put more effort than the other that, yeah. that happens a lot of times too did this guy get paid and that was it you know yeah. what i mean and and sometimes it's the case i mean it's it's a business but with me and him that was never that was never what the, the goal was and you know that i think that that's pretty evident when you listen to it i think like the, yeah there's just such an alignment in whatever like the the blueprint uh was for this record because it's so bombastic and i feel like i don't know it's that just that like fact alone both in the beats and the rapping it's just explosive like it looks like the album cover like it's just very much yeah. like a, a like a like a combat album like it's just wild and that's it's not something you get these days i don't know if it's even like a these days comment or just generally like it just really stands out and punches you in the face yeah the middle finger i, I feel that too was, i mean you, was, like the beat choices were crazy they were, too like they were, they were wild yeah. uh yeah i mean it was a time of like i mean we were in peak trump it was it was like the world was i couldn't yeah you know, i couldn't really believe what i was seeing like most people and you know it it, it dropped right when covid like yeah it was a great time great time yeah, to drop man, that. we didn't we did not know we yeah you did not plan covid for that <laughs> uh, i mean nobody did but i i remember still still being in contact with the venue to for the release show being like well maybe we could do this in april yeah <laughs> that's what we all thought okay just push this a month you know it's gonna little be kind of bad for know, a little man little did we know so yeah yeah man um i know that you're you and castro working on a second record um yeah. i'm curious is there anything you can really tell us about it right now is there any like notable difference between the last one and this one or is there like something standout quality that we should like look be looking out for yeah we're gonna we're gonna probably ship it to 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 green within a I would say probably six weeks or so to get mixed. So we're, we're very close. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did a lot of it during the pandemic. Um, and I, I credit Castro for being the driving force. He was like hell bent on, on, and I was like, are we like, are we making this record too fast? You know, I don't know, but nah, I mean, we took, I mean, we, and we're taking our time with the, yeah, it's the, still been like two years. It'll be like two years at this point. Yeah, yeah. With the tweaks and all that. And, and, you know, different takes sitting, living with the stuff um i would say it's like man what can i say i mean elucid is not on the record so that i i i hope you know 
is is sits well with people who follow you know and really fuck with our music because you know we didn't want to do the same thing twice is it a one producer thing or is it um, just a selection of one predominant producer and okay. then there's a couple uh bonus like kind of fill in the gap spots like you know green yeah, had a couple yeah. on mm -hmm. travel it's kind of similar it's okay. kind of similar in that regard i would say it will surprise people um it is not the same record by any stretch mm -hmm. um in some ways it's a little more um matter of fact a little less abstract um the like some songs leave no room for interpretation you're going to get it mm -hmm. on the first on the first listen you're going to get it and then there's other songs that you're going to listen to multiple times when you start catching lines and things like that um i'm really really back in love with this record again i mean i sat i took it i took a long break from it um i'm really curious to see how people respond to it um uh the artwork is absolutely out of this world uh truly truly amazing um that i can tell you one core producer uh the guests are not plentiful but very impactful um nice and and speaking of easter eggs we got we got like a hell like a hell of an easter egg like we, we actually did an easter egg feature that won't be listed on the record and oh i like that i like yeah, that i love it, those it, it just it's gonna pop out and, and it's its own thing um so we're doing some cool shit like that um i think probably more hands-on in terms of like what the production was uh with the lucid lucid would send us a beat we do it and then he would send back some like some some post production he did where he dropped yeah. things and, and it would be like a different song um so that that won't be there because we're kind of there for the beats and yeah. uh, and putting uh, our uh, our imprint there um yeah i'm excited I'm, I'm really excited it's it's a different record and and um you know either it doubles an expectation or people hate it i don't know <laughs> i'm sure people will love it man yeah, I don't, that's I don't exciting it. i'm glad it's something different that's just uh keeps the intrigue yeah uh, and a notable aspect of that album and this latest record of yours is that it was both both released under the the famed Backwood Studios imprint. Yep. Yep. And as I continue to interview and have conversations with artists that are on the label, release stuff under the label, is that uh, it's really just got me thinking, like, if you could fast forward into the future, let's say like 15 years from now, 20 years from now, what do you think like the lasting legacy of Backwood Studios will be? Like, what do you think they'll be remembered by? Um, I think just a, an incredible string of, of of impactful releases that you know will will go on i mean will live on um i don't know the ceiling to backwoods like in terms of like sales or in terms of like what woods like does wood woods want to expand it and make it a yeah. bigger thing like i don't know um you know are we talking about signing you know bigger artists eventually i, I don't know any of that i can't answer any of that but i mean i would say it, it could be trending in that direction and I think it'll you'll go back to like man backwards also put that out you know in like five years you know yeah and you're like whoa like you know you're appreciating the run right now you know people like yourself and and i'm, I'm a part of it but i also appreciate it as as, a, as an admirer of art i'm like oh man and you know covid and supply chain and all that has really kind of slowed down the ability to pump out vinyl and and merch like that but like you're gonna look back and be like I can't believe all these records came out on this label and then i know for a fact what's coming up this year is is myself excluded with the shrapnel they got some monster yeah 
coming out. My yeah, God. Woods put out a tweet. I saw he put out like probably God forbid gonna happen 2022. It's pretty yeah, insane. Yeah, I heard I heard um I heard some things that I'm not I'm I'm not supposed to hear. Yeah. Or like like honestly, like if it's fan, it's almost fan fiction. Some of the stuff we're gonna get. It's like wow, like you gave us like like that. If you're a breaking bad fan, I'm like, you gave us an ending that we all wanted. Mm-hmm. It's like that sort of situation where, and I'm, I'm, I'm super proud to, to be a part of it and to be a part of it from like, you know, kind of the jump and in some ways, uh, seeing, seeing things from, from back when come to this point, I think its place will be amongst the, the greatest, uh, independent rap labels ever. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, the thing that's special about backwoods is like, obviously the, the run has been great. The quality has been great, but I don't see there's no signs of like wear and tear. There's no cracks right now that I see where it's like, Oh, there's some beef or there's some conflicts right. that I just imagine this run just dying really quick. Cause sounds like it's going to be going strong for the next, at least let's just say three, two, three years. Like that's, I think very mild and conservative view at yeah. that point you're looking at, over a decade which is really long like they're like yeah. all these big runs of like indie records even like um non-indie labels that are like hip-hop oriented they don't last very long yeah you Rock- at- rockefeller was what like five like like eight years seven um, years that i mean zilla would know that off the, off the jump i don't but uh, but it's not very long yeah it was like mid 2000s comparison- it was done yeah the obvious comparison would be like deaf jokes right but like yeah Def Jokes, the reason Def Jokes, I don't know, I don't have any privy information as to why everything fell apart, but like the reasons was probably the shift to MP3s being a big deal, uh, getting bigger in scope, signing artists outside of the niche that they had kind of when they started doing things that were like kind of outside of the, of the world. I don't mm-hmm. see Woods. I don't see Woods doing that. I don't see interpersonal dynamics getting in the way i don't see the politics or feelings getting in the way everyone's everyone's going to have their own opinion on how things are going down that's part of life i don't see that being a part i don't see that ever being the reason backwards stops you know uh putting out you know the quality that it, that it puts out um i think you got a really logical pragmatic artist at the forefront in woods mm-hmm. and person who is not volatile in his behavior or demeanor he's very consistent you know what mm-hmm. i mean and that for a great artist that's that's pretty rare you know yeah it is it is yeah. you know you get like the the highs and lows of like the, some of the great yeah, mood swings with him he's yeah. you know it's like there's no like oh we're, yeah we're gonna put your record out and then crickets like that if he tells you that he's gonna put your record out yeah he won't tell you he won't sell you on something that won't happen uh, he will definitely temper your expectations out. He'll be like, listen, <laughs> this might happen, but I don't know. You know, we don't know what the world, you know, what, like what's going to come, obviously, as we've learned. But I don't, honestly, to, to tell you the truth, I don't, I don't see any of those things happening that normal, that normally put labels under. Um, I only see things getting better. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully, uh, hopefully that comes to fruition. Yeah. And, I want to move now to low bearing crow's feet. So uh, like we kind of talked about with your writing um, and what you actually mentioned with the Tom Waits thing, which I didn't expect you to say is very related. Um, Like obviously you have a lot of emotion, passion, 
within these within these songs that you have on the record but unlike i feel other music in this vein i feel like the way you articulate it it just sounds really crystallized it felt it feels very clear-headed like you you took what could have been a raw emotion and you just like just very refined like everything feels like very poignant and one of the biggest things from this record particularly it, it feels very centered around like how you perceive the world and how you perceive yourself and i find that very fascinating there's like a seasoned maturity um i think i, I was reading that free music empire piece where uh, dano got some i think he like reached out to willie green he said there's a wariness which i really like there's a wariness to this um and so i'm curious like how do you feel your life experiences impacted your writing on this album and like what do you think the overall kind of like vibe or message you were trying to give off with this record was yeah um world weariness i like that um it's true though it's uh you know you get to a spot now now the the, the very interesting thing about time obviously what a what a broad concept what a ridiculous concept uh is that time colors your uh opinion and the way like you remember emotions right you remember 10 years from now i'm gonna remember how you made me feel right yeah You're not, i'm not gonna remember this conversation but i'm gonna remember how i felt during the conversation right yeah. so as time goes on it's it's interesting to, to 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 readdress people and to readdress things and places when you go past a certain block in New York and you remember this is where me and so-and-so broke up or this is it you know it's just like that's all in this record and it's like that you know not trying to be pretentious but it's like that if I could like capture that it's it's what I've been trying to capture where it's like you uh these are broad super broad remorse is remorse it's about remorse and it's but it's like really about honestly like there's a lot of like commentary on racism in that song, you know? Yeah. I mean? And who, how hypocritical these, you know, these people not only in power, but across the board are, you know, but the general emotion is remorse. You regret something. Yeah. Um, or do you, or, or you don't now, but mm -hmm. you will, you know, and it's just a, a stone's throw away of when it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, and I think like, seeing the world uh experiencing a lot of bullshit um some of my own making um made it easier to kind of frame where i wanted to go with the record and 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 make the statements i mean to write a song like prairie burn was like that was i had to go through like you know kind of hell to do it you know but yeah. it took years for me to like address it and and that's kind of the like the therapy of of that was like really freeing um but yeah i paid the cost i paid the cost to make that song for sure that's not like you know that's not me imagining what that felt like that 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 is some that was a tough one so um i think like channeling experiences mild trauma things of that nature framing it in where i line up where do i line up in society where do i line up in art you know i'm in a black art form how does that you know, you know, how does that inform what I want to present? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why would you want to listen to me? You know what I mean? Like, like, why, why is my seat at the table? Why should I have a seat at the table? You know? And that was, I think that there's a lot of subtext to that in some of these songs. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, uh, 
And these are just things I've been, I've been examining, you know, and it's like, and I think a lot of artists, a lot of non-black artists uh, needed to, and the past few years, like, what is, what is your place? You know, are you, do you want to be like, you know, one of these, their names escape me at the moment. I don't know, like the flavor of the day, white rapper who raps fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, Who isn't saying shit and, and you're, you're inoffensive and, and uh, bookers will book you because white people love you and you can fill out, you know, like that's what, is that that what you want from the culture? Like that's never what I wanted from the culture. I wanted to contribute to the culture. I wanted to be taken part of like, you know, so there's some examining of that in the record where it's like, you have to be honest with yourself, you know, like this is, this is what it is. You can't avoid, you can't dance around that top, you know? And, uh, and, I, and I try to make that come through. And I think Green said in that same thing was like examining my place within the world, right? Yeah. And it's true. What is my place within the world? What is my place within hip hop? And, and I tried to kind of contextualize that a little bit. And, um, you know, hopefully it came across. Yeah, no, I, I think that was really well said because um, I find like so many of these songs just have like, you could almost take a few couplets, a few like handful of bars, and that could be like the entire point of like another song. Like you, there's so much crammed in. Like I don't, yeah. I'm forgetting what song it is, but you have a line where I think you're talking. Maybe it's like you're someone's someone's telling you this. Just like, uh, or it's like stop it. You're an idealist. Stop or stop repenting or something like that. Oh, uh, you're yeah yeah. Um, I forget the describe line. My weak, describe my weakness in a sentence. That's easy. You're an idealist, unrepentant. Uh, yeah it's a real that line problem. fucking that line fucking resonates with me because i feel like that's a huge thing it's huge like flaw i i i tend to just have that i can't get over things where i i just have this perfect ideal i need to reach and it's like damn that one line i was just like stopped it i was like damn that's so real i relate <laughs> to that so bad. hard it's just one bar thank you thank you uh but you know your idealism is also a superpower so don't don't be so hard on yourself you know? Yeah, exactly exactly yeah. and then see you can just like unpack it and I, I just love the experience with this record of being able to listen to it because i i think because this dropped in june 2021 yeah. 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 yeah this dropped right before i went on a big uh or not actually that long but just like a very impactful trip to vancouver um went alone and yeah very life-changing in a lot of ways but um I remember I was just, that was just when I was starting to listen to this album. It came out as I like took the flight and just to remember being like, Oh, I really like this album. This is really good. And then keep listening to it up until maybe like two months ago where I was like, this album is so fucking good, but it, it was like a lot of listens, like so many listens where yeah. every time it just got a little better, but it uh, it really takes time to like, just marinate. Like it's a really an album that really benefits from just marinating your mind for a long time and if these walls could chime and they'd stress importance of time and all the many moons it took you to really grasp the assignment muttering something about chakras and alignment i'd be at the mom and pop shop to drop me off some consignment allow me to get my affairs in order gifting the curse a truly a rare disorder self-examination pull up a chair for the paranoia your politics see through from an aesthetic perspective that's something i want to talk about now is like related to not only just like the quality of like your flows, your bars, but man, the beats you selected. I find that's an aspect of this album that also feels like it could only exist having been preceded by like a decade plus of like making albums, building a catalog, because the different producers you linked up with are just did like all 
drop like brain orchestra's beat that's still the best thing i've heard him do like that shit in unreductive is so fucking good uh, he's a, he's a uh, yeah he, he's a beast just just dropped a great album too um and uh yeah i just find like the results of all that work the momentum you've been on is is really clear as day so i'm, I'm curious like do you feel like you approach the creation from like an album sequence uh song sequencing beat selection uh feature selection uh process a bit differently this time is there anything like new or a different approach you took yeah um i very much wanted to be the focus of the of the record i know that sounds whatever but it's like a solo record obviously you're gonna be the focus but you're not always you know what i mean like yeah, sometimes true. you're making sometimes you're more an a and r than you are an artist but like so i didn't have a lot of features right so like off the rip you're probably like oh zilla and castro are my first song but they're just doing the hook you know what i mean and uh that was more my approach i wanted to um it was funny i i, I wanted woods on the record but like i legit never found a spot for him and then it obviously came together on, on bardo yeah in a, in a really beautiful way um so I'm happy that it did. It came together that way as kind of like an epilogue to the record is how I, how I looked at that song. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wanted um, Henry is a long, uh, uh, like become a really good friend of mine over the years. And we're so different as artists, but we're like, we're pretty similar as people in a lot of ways. We're also very different, whatever, <laughs> but you know what I mean? We, we had been trying to make a song when we just never had like we it just never came and then i heard that beat and i was like yo and i wanted that that having henry on it was important to me also in the framework of backwards because he's he was an original one of the yeah. more original backwards artists right and uh you know uh in terms of that uh working relationship I'm, I'm sure we'll see something again from the two of them you know i i hope so i would love to see like a definitive henry comeback record on backwards with like you know some crazy producers and shit mm -hmm. i'm sure it'll happen you know there's times for that so his feature was important to me um aj suede is an artist that i like the first time i heard him i was like yo this dude is so good dude is like, so good man your feature on his fucking latest album with televangel uh, holy shit that i was crazy come, though i had to come with it man he's a he's a beast so he reached he reached out to me and was like, yo, um, would you would you be down to get on my record uh, coming out? I forget. This is like way back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm just, you know, just tell me when. And then uh, I was sitting with that Denmark beat. And the, the, originally, I didn't want anybody to be on the Denmark beat. So I was like, I got these two Denmark beats. Like, these are going to be my songs, you know. And the more I listened to that beat, I was like, yo, Suede would sound so good on this beat. And I was like, you know what? Let me you hop on my record. And he was just like, say less. Like turned it around in like 10 days, wrapped right through that crazy like break. Caster was like, fuck that thing. He's like, he's give me a format where I don't have to like wrap through that, you know, that crazy mm -hmm. thing on Joel Osteen. So Suede didn't say a word. He just wrote, he just wrote right through it. And I was like, I was super impressed with that. So putting him together with Caster, I thought was like, um, kind of like that was me playing like A&R curator where I'm like, this is, this is going to be ill. They never sounded, they were never on the same track together. Um, so that's experience like that's making records where it's like how do you know i could have got a woods verse because it's it makes too much sense right yeah could have really pushed for like an arm and hammer feature that makes too much sense right but it wasn't the songs it wasn't there you know what i mean it, yeah, it didn't service there. the record yeah yeah and 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 too often people do that and you know i know that may have 
you know, maybe there would have been more years on it had I, had I done, had I thought more like that, but it just, it was what it was. I didn't, I didn't hear a Zillaraka verse on this. I didn't hear, you know, a lot of things I didn't hear. And it just, it becomes, you have to be like, there's into there's intuition and then there's like being definitive, right? right? So like intuition is, is a precursor to like making a decision that's like definitive, right? And you've got to be, to be an artist who puts out work and releases work, you've got to be definitive about when you say when and when it's done. And then that's that. And the great artists are, you know, I don't care who you are. The great artists are like, that's a wrap. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's a take. I don't care if there's a typo, if I said something wrong, that's the take, you know what I mean? And that's letting it go. And that comes with time and practice and and experience. So after you put out a record, it still feels like Christmas. As soon as you put something new out, to me at least, right? Like putting out Bardo was just one song, but it was a big ass song for me. Oh, it was a massive moment, man. It was a massive moment. Evidence beat, holy shit. I was like... This flowers is like, fucking the yeah, booklet yeah. too like that was just oh, a great I moment I yeah i can't wait till people like get to hold that thing yeah. um and uh you know that that comes with time and that comes with experience right like so to when to know when a song is done is like key to like all this shit and then uh, that's you know the main thing with this record i think uh you say that i think i'm thinking of i don't i might be getting this wrong but i know uh woods's last like the only verse on eucharist right you know how like it ends like that i remember yeah. he was speaking in an interview i believe i think it was willie green who kind of like so basically he was rapping and then he kind of fucked up the last little bit and yeah. then he's like oh, okay i should just do it again he's like nah just like fade it out and that's such a weird ending to like any rap verse but yeah. god like willie green has that that intuition he's like nah do this this is weird but like it sounds yeah. just crazy. It sounds so like ominous almost. It's just a strange way. It's eerie. That's unsettling. a benefit. That's a benefit to working with Green, like hands-on like that. You know, we all work with Green, uh, you know, in terms of like mixing. But if you record at his crib uh, or at his his spot, he's got he's got a really nice spot now. Um he's become so much more um like experience in terms of getting that take out of you or or being your like uh you know your your enemy in a way where it's like no you're not gonna do that and you mm -hmm. need that artists need that or like oh no we're gonna keep that and here's why because you're too close to this writing this yeah. is this is the best take you did right so in, in terms of like something like eucharist i think that you're you're witnessing uh the great moments great moments of art where like you're like oh is that a mistake it doesn't feel like a mistake and let, let, like, let's leave it. And then it becomes a talking point years later. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and could you speak to like, uh, cause I know he mixed and mastered uh, this uh, low bearing crow's feet. Yeah. How involved was he in the creative process and like how important was he generally to like the final product being so strong? Uh, integral uh, couldn't, couldn't have come out without him uh, there. The timeline was this record was supposed to be done much sooner uh, all these ideas, all these takes, all these verses, all these beats were like on my computer and then COVID hit. So then obviously the plan was to get into greens, I think in April, uh, mm. 2020 and try to put this April or May, I can't remember either one and try to start to put this together. Um, obviously that didn't happen. So, you know, hit the break, worked on some things, tightened up some things, made Prairie Burn wasn't even a thought yet so i made that that um i think the henry song wasn't even a thought yet and then we brought i brought everything i had 
two greens studio you know we were masked up it was kind of i was like the first artist to come back to to his studio and you know he put everything together you know that's you know that's he's invaluable to me and, and other artists in, in terms of like getting the stems and you know the this from that this take from there and all that it's like he's a super organized person that and we we are not um yeah i mean it's like you know all you got to do is give him this give him the stuff and then you know get out of his way in that term so you know and i redid a lot of takes at his studio um yeah i mean a huge part borderline executive production you know yeah and uh the last thing I'm curious about this record is just like that name. What is the meaning of that title? Low Baron Crow's Feet. It's uh, a real so mouthful. I have, I have crow's crow's feet, you know, from age or from not wearing okay, sunglasses yeah. or whatever. And uh, I kept like thinking of that phrase, and it's just like, what are they holding up? You know what I mean? And they're kind of holding up your experience. And it's like, uh, I, I said it. I thought it was stupid, and I, you know, I said it to my my partner, and she was like, "Ah, that's so you. Like, that's like <laughs> the most you thing ever." And then Woods goes, "What's the title?" And I told him, and he just wrote, "Ha ha 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 ha," super long. And I was like, "Oh, it's a keeper." <laughs> like, I'm like, I also I, I'm big on if you googling things and it, it does it exist, and it didn't exist. So that's you know like funny, but you say that I. You say this, but I legit when I saw the title, I thought it was like, oh, that's some like I guess that's some like biblical thing. I'm, oh, not, I'm not very yeah. religious, but I'm like it's probably some. It sounded very much like it was a thing, and you like maybe tweaked like a spoof to something that exists. I knew what crow's feet was, but I didn't even really yeah. make that connection. It sounded just something like some like random Bible passage. That's how it sounded like to I, me. I'll, I'll take that, man. I uh, <clears throat> yeah, the thing is like that. That's like one of my favorite things about writing and is is creating something that like didn't exist prior and then all of a sudden it's real and it goes from your like it goes from a stupid idea that you think is stupid to like real and you put a name on it you put an idea on it and it's out and it's like whoa and now when you google little bear and crow's feet it used to be nothing came up now yeah all this shit comes up and it's kind of like it's kind of wild when you think of it that way yeah it's kind of like fan like it's kind of like you're doing fantasy writing um i know yeah uh i'm not sure if you're familiar with iceberg theory but he has a yeah, yeah. shit ton of records with like actually, august Fanon. i actually, actually met, that, I met that dude way back when oh yeah which i think is rare i don't think it is rare yeah. Yeah, yeah i had an interview with him he's my first interview and i feel like that's may may never do one again so like we'll see um yeah but he's he's great and his his horn monk record particularly was amazing for 2021 and i'm thinking of like a lot of it was just about like the idea of fantasy writing and there's like this skit that I think is really relevant to what you're saying, because it's like uh, it's not only really cool and like magical, almost like the kind of uh, concept that you're speaking to. But it's also very difficult to like pull that off because the the person, the skit was saying, like, you know, it's way different for a fantasy writer or like a normal writer to just write about things that we all understand. Some movie based in New York and they're just doing all this stuff. They're like, OK, cool. I understand. Whereas like a fantasy writer, they have to create. Like, oh, yeah, this person's in Mordor and like this is yeah. a fake place. This is a fake place. And you have to like let the make them buy in. Like that's such a powerful thing. And it's such a difficult thing to pull off. But once you do, it's it's special. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, creating a world is, is yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's uh, it's one of the greatest gifts, you know, humans got man, is, is to create a new reality or, or tell a story in a new way. And um, 
yeah, I never get, I never really get bored of it, you know? And if I do, I won't, I won't put that thing out because then you'll know. And it won't be, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think this record is probably like a, it's like a world, which is again, why I like so much about this album. It's very much like you built a world, but it's, it's not, it's very concrete though. Like everything you're saying is super relatable or very personal, but it still feels kind of like, like you enter, especially the production choice, it just feels like you're like entering into this world. Like the album sounds super distinct, like very much one thing, but you know, all of it's, it's not actually very fantastical. It's very much, oh yeah, this super hits hard. Like I, that resonates with me personally. And that's a special mix. I appreciate that. And also like going back to that, um, like examining your place in the world. One thing that I, you know, kind of arrived at the conclusion that I arrived at was that like, themes there can be evergreen themes there can be universal themes right and they're very broad in nature but if you can put them in a relatable way that that anyone can take it away uh take away something from it then you know you then i think you're making viable credible interesting art you know what i mean so it's like i can't i can't speak on what it's like uh to be an indian guy you know Mm -hmm. i can't speak on 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 what it's like to be a, a black woman right but what i can speak on are like my experiences that i hope that you and her or whoever can still take uh, a piece away from us like heartbreak uh remorse uh longing uh like looking you know aspirations inspiration yeah. whatever it may totally. be being being angry uh, uh being furious at hypocrisy the things of these nature like these these things can be across the board can be relatable right and yeah. that is what a, a good writer should do and and that's what i've been striving for yeah and i think you're succeeding so i want to end it with this uh what do you got upcoming in 2022 that you can you can speak on right now we should be hyped yeah, yeah for sure um so i have a record coming out called uh occam's blazer uh, which, you know, I've been kind of cryptically posting here and there. And, uh, I love that fucking name, by the way. Jesus, uh, that is thanks. so fucking good. Yeah, that's, that's kills. I think he gave us like, we, oh. we have, there's, there's, there's seven members, right? So it's like. Yeah, explain a bit about the, yeah, like the, the, the structure of the group, because I find that's pretty unique. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like nothing I've ever done. It's, uh, it's, 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 it was made, we, we all actually made it in person. Um the the holdup that took so long it was mixes and and people wanting to do different takes and covid kind of wrecking all of that but we did it in two sessions one in vienna austria and one in toronto and then we put it together from there uh every song written on the spot everything horn parts to drums so you mean like you legit just like you didn't pre-write it before the session like you just wrote i wrote while they were while they were kind of building these songs and i walk around and they had this kind of bombed out punk uh, recording studio in Vienna that was really really dope <clears throat> and they were just like you want to you want to walk around the city like what do you want to do like we're just going to be building and recording these parts and I was like no nah, I kind of want to be here right and so I wanted to be you know because I'm not writing any of this music right and it, it is kind of really dope to see these musicians kind of build songs and then as I was there I was like writing you know kind of on the spot and then I that was like set, uh, Friday Saturday and then on Sunday I put all the parts in and some wow. of the guys left and and then so we have what you have is I mean it's it's not really it's not not a hip-hop record at all really um and I'm not like trying to be like I'm not a rapper yeah it's just like <laughs> I'm rapping over these very like 
like lush and complicated, you know, not complicated, but lush kind of arrangements. And some songs don't have any lyrics on it. Some songs have like chanty, you know, things going on too. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see how people, what people think of it. Um, is it like a full album or is it EP? Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's nine songs, but like one song is like seven minutes long. So it's, it's pretty much like an album in terms mm-hmm. of like, but, uh, uh, yeah, fake four shots to them, shots to Chesky, um, for, for putting it out. I know when I heard, when I heard it, I was like, this is definitely not a backwards record. Like there's no way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I knew their schedule and I knew it wouldn't really line up with what we wanted to do. So I knew, uh, fake four was, was option one and one a one b one i wanted them i we we all wanted them to to take this record and they they heard it and they liked it and they thought it was a good fit so it's been like kind of uh collaboration in terms of everything what we're doing so um yeah it's going to be interesting to see how people react to it or or some you know some people aren't going to really fuck with it but that's totally fine uh it'll be another piece in the catalog um shrapnel follow-up is supposed to be out this year for sure I hope that 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 works out. Um, very excited to present that. Um, Sedale, Sedale Threat is Wrecking Crew, all of us together. Uh, nice. that, album is, that album is finished. Uh, not mixed, but finished. And when I say uh, the features on this one is going to be very, very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, we are rapping beside like legends and there's there's three like three features that are real like head turners and uh and no one's gonna guess who they are yeah <laughs> so one guy who's really popping right now who's kind of new one and then two like certified legends from each coast so that's all i'll say um, i love that I think zilla got drunk and and leaked it on his on the patreon q a oh, castro got very upset he like so anyone who was on that that uh that chat they saw his his playlist when he shared his screen, so they know. But they've been good about keeping it under wraps, so I appreciate that. But uh, excited to see what that, you know, I think that's kind of, we're going to give people exactly what what they come to expect from that. And that's a cool, um, really cool record, man. I'm really excited about it. Like, we're really, we're really going in. And there's, a, you know, there's one song where I'm solo. There's one, there's two songs I'm not on. There's Castro is like mm-hmm. the star on one song zilla's a star on one song um got a lot of small beats on there small pro some interludes that he did um some cool outside production too um so yeah that's like three projects really that should be all coming out this year it's exciting Uh, occam's blazer first yeah um yeah and i'm just you know i'm always working on something i'm cranking away at at a solo thing um that is is going to be I have no real idea. I have a title which I won't share yet, but it's similar to Load Bearing Crossfit. It's one of those, one of those things. But I, I don't know what I'm gonna do or what shape it's gonna take. I'm kind of collecting beats and and, and going mm-hmm. by. You know, I I have like I don't know five songs I really like right now. But once I I have to get to at least ten or twelve, and then I start whittling down and and making more. And uh, in my process, the last two songs are always the most fire songs. It's like the first song, and then the last two songs are always like the best songs you know what i mean so we'll see how that shakes out but i'm excited, I'm excited. you know i'm not i i love i'm really excited for that occam's blazer as well as obviously shrapnel too and i think you're gonna like it i think wrecking crew. Like it. um yeah. and it's just like i uh you know i got to this point 
where I got these people checking for me and 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 fans and followers, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let up now. That wouldn't make sense. What did Fonte said something like, God didn't let me run it back all the way to fumble on the one, fumble mm. on the one yard line. You know what I mean? Like I, I think about that sometimes. He's like, I, it, since you're here, like let's 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 keep pushing further. Let's make more things. Let's you know, you know, think bigger. Uh, bet on yourself again. I've already done it a million times, so you know. That's how I'm feeling. Yeah. And I'm feeling great. I really appreciate you coming on. This was like a fantastic conversation. And yeah, I'm awesome. excited to fucking see you and anybody in Canada. I know you're going to other places, but for my Canadians out there, Montreal, Toronto coming up very soon. Prem, seeing with Armin Hammer. I'll see you March 18th. Yes. Hella excited. Yeah, very excited. Um, excited to do these songs live. Uh, I mean, I've, I've done them here a little bit in the States, but. I'm excited to get back to Toronto and I love Toronto. Toronto's a good yeah. city. Yeah. All right, man. Take care. We'll, we'll talk yeah. soon. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you. Take care. Airways choked. Take me to Mardi Gras for stairway coke. All is fair play though. With blood, blood and ink. They lay the Dallas shirt, say la vie. The air quote go. So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levy, Mahima, Jeff, Fatman Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.